Welcome to Awakened and Alive After 40. If you're searching for inspiring and easy to apply Enneagram and human design content, then you've come to the right place. We're your hosts, Dominique and Carrie, two friends and coaches who are passionate about sharing our knowledge and insights on these two powerful self-awareness systems to help you step outside the box and into a life that is true to who you really are. We're so grateful to have you here. Let's jump into today's episode. So this idea that we have to accomplish exactly what we had planned in our mind or in our planner or on our schedule really can be limiting for a lot of us because we have this idea of the perfect morning routine or the perfect workout routine. And inevitably, there's going to be days when we don't have time to do it. And I know for me, when those days have occurred, I just scrap the whole thing. And I think I have this sort of all or nothing mentality where if I can't do the full workout, I'm just not going to work out that day. Even though I had 10 or 15 minutes I could have dedicated to some movement, I just scrapped the hour long workout and didn't do anything. After talking to my partner who he has a really healthy relationship with the idea of flexibility and allowing life to flow a little more naturally rather than trying to control it. He has this idea. He calls it backups. I was sort of thinking of it as rituals or mini rituals. The name doesn't matter, but he has backups for the days when he just can't fit in the full version of something. He has a shortened version that still gives him the benefits. Yeah, that's awesome that he has this idea of backups because I definitely have that now. But like you, Carrie, in the past, I was very much someone where I was like, this is what I have to do. And I had it so drilled in my mind that that was the thing. And if it didn't happen or I saw it wasn't going to play out, then I was like, well, what's the point? I'm not going to do anything at all. I have a lot of stubbornness in me too, though. (laughs) But something that came up for me a lot is if this one thing wasn't going to work out, I would scrap it all. Whereas now, like your partner has these backups. That's what I've created. And I've done it actually based off of my energy. And because my energy fluctuates so greatly from day to day, I found this super, super helpful. What do you do right now? Because you mentioned in the past you would scrap it. So like, how do you focus on creating these rituals or or backups? I love to go walking and I use walking as one of my main forms of movement. And I always have it in my head that I want to walk at least three miles. Well, you have to have a chunk of time to dedicate to get three miles in. And so up until pretty recently, I'd say within the last year, if I couldn't get my three miles in, I just wouldn't walk that day. And like you said, it could have been a limit on energy. It could have been a time limit. It could have been when daylight starts to decrease. And I love evening walks and I just couldn't fit in a three mile evening walk in the short amount of daylight that was remaining. And I just wouldn't do it. But now I have learned that going out for a 10 minute walk can be just as valuable as the three mile walk, even if it's just for the mindset. Obviously, you're not burning the same number of calories, but you are getting fresh air, you're in nature, 
you're just taking a break from staring at your laptop screen or doing work all day. And it can have huge benefits over time to do something a short amount of time more consistently than maybe once a week for one big chunk of time. Totally. I feel the exact same way. And especially living in Maine right now, like you just mentioned with that change in time, when I get out of the clinic at six o'clock, it is pitch black. And I love to go for walks after I'm in the clinic because it really helps to downregulate my nervous system, brings me back into a place of presence and connection. But when it is dark outside, that's something I don't necessarily want to do. And so when I look at my energy level menu that I've created, I'll have a variation of yoga videos that I'll watch on YouTube based off of different times. So if I don't have time for a 30 or a 60 minute session, there's instructors who do these awesome 10 minute sessions. So it makes me feel like I accomplished something, which my whole purpose is, again, nervous system regulation to center myself, bring myself back into my body, nurture my body. And so a little bit is better than nothing for me now that I've also changed my mindset on it. And I do that also with walks. And sometimes it's just as simple as I'm going to kick my shoes off and stand in the grass for five minutes to get my nervous system balanced again, and just to get that sense and connection with nature. But I have these menus based off of high, medium and low energy, and I've found what works best for me in each one. And that way you have more choice, you have options. And sometimes in the moment, you can't really think of those options when you had in mind to do this one thing. For myself, at least, it was super helpful to have this menu to quickly pull up on my phone and keep it in my notes app and then look at it and be like, okay, I'll do this thing instead. And that has been tremendous help for me. At the same time, I will add, if you're someone who's looking to build greater self-trust this can be a great practice because one way of building greater trust within ourselves is to stick to something we're saying we want to do for ourselves. So if we want to go for a 60 minute walk and then it's time and you're like, oh my gosh, I can't do it. I'm just not going to do it at all. To still keep that promise to yourself, doing a five minute walk or a 10 minute walk is still showing up for yourself. So it, it strengthens that self-trust muscle because you honed in on this needs to be done for you, for your well-being. Instead of scrapping it all and feeling like a, a failure possibly, doing this one little shortened time makes you feel like you still accomplished something. So that's something that I love to just throw out there as a little tip for any time. We're just trying to keep these little promises to ourselves. I love that you call it a menu. I think that is a great way to think of it. And for myself, I like thinking of my non-negotiables. Mm -hmm. So what are my main priorities? For me, one of my biggest priorities in terms of what I do my best to always do, even if time is a problem, is getting enough sleep because it's the thing in my life that can impact me the most. I just feel totally different if I don't get 
the right amount of sleep for my body. My other thing that I do every day just because I feel a huge sense of accomplishment from doing it and it doesn't take any time really is making sure that I do some sort of Spanish practice because I'm still trying to learn Spanish, even not living in Spain anymore. But I learned so much while I was there and I really didn't want to lose it. So there are so many great free resources now in order to practice a language or really whatever new skill you want. I use Duolingo and I do at least one Spanish lesson every day on it. And those are the two things that no matter how busy I am, I prioritize. That's awesome. So I'm curious, Dominique, if there are a couple of things in your life that are your non-negotiables of importance for your mental, physical, emotional health. Yeah. So I think I've mentioned this quite a few times, but yoga is one of those things that very much is a non-negotiable for me. And again, if I don't have time for a full 60-minute practice, I at least do 10 minutes. I can always find 10 minutes of my day to dedicate to yoga. And for me, yoga is important because of my past history with dissociation. Starting a yoga practice is what brought me into my body, allowed me to be in my body and feel safe and be able to also identify emotions that I was not able to identify in the past or put even words to. So that has tremendously changed my life. That will always be a non-negotiable. And also recently, baths. It's so funny because I've never really been a bath person, but I've come to notice that Water brings a tremendous sense of comfort to me. And again, at the end of the day, after I've had all the craziness and busyness going on, I try to find different practices that downregulate my nervous system. And I can take a 30-minute bath or I could just take a five-minute bath. But being in the water and having all of the sensories of it with the smells that I put in the water, the feel, the warmth, it brings me into my senses. So that's another one that I found. I can gauge the time that it takes and it's still greatly important to me because of that fact that it takes me from being stuck in my mind to the presence in my body. I love that. I feel the same way about water and I never take baths. So maybe yeah. I need to reconsider. I always say, I wish we had a hot tub because I love sitting in hot water, especially certain times of the month, like when you just feel horrible as a woman. It's soothing. Yeah. just It comfort. is so soothing and it can just make you feel so much better to yeah. be in that warm water. I do water. wish I had a soaking tub. It's just a standard bathtub. It's kind of yeah. cramped. I'm 5'8". So it's a little cramped oh. in there, but still it's the whole experience itself. And I'll put like relaxing music on. And it's only been probably the past like two months that I've been doing this. And I'm like, Ooh, I really like this. So I added that to my menu. That is a great one to put on Thanks. your menu. If you are a person who likes warmth and water and that sensory experience that a bath can provide. Like I said, one of my backups is I like taking a walk, but if I just have to take a shorter walk, that is totally fine with me. I like doing some kind of movement every day, but I do vary it a bit. So either walking, yoga is another one for me. And again, yes, I love doing at least 45 minute classes, but if time doesn't allow, I will do that 10 or 20 minute class. I also love meditating and journaling every day when possible. 
but it's not always possible. Mm -hmm. So I either just let them go or I just do one of them or I just do it for a shortened amount of time. And I still get the benefits out of it, even if I don't sit down and do the full meditation and journaling practice that I like to do. Doing a little bit can go such a long way. Mm -hmm. Another one for me is reading. In my ideal world, I would love to read nonfiction for learning every day and fiction for enjoyment. And it does not happen most days. So I just have been allowing myself to read what feels good in the moment. Lately, that's been fiction. So I haven't been reading a lot of nonfiction. And I'm just trying to be okay with that. And this is a huge area of growth for me because as an Enneagram type one, I have lived most of my life with a lot of perfectionism, mm. especially when I got into habit tracking and I wanted to check everything off every day. I think I've talked about in past episodes and I know we've talked privately, Dominique, that I let go habit tracking for this year yeah. and it has loosened my mindset up so much to such a healthy degree for me. So it's just another one of those situations where we all think habit tracking is such a healthy practice, yeah, but yeah, yeah. not always. For some people, letting go of the practice mm -hmm. is healthier. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that you bring this up because I remember when we had that conversation privately and I brought to your attention that you have the gate 15 defined in your human design chart. Gate 15 is the gate of extremes. So 15 is meant to go with the flow. They have these boom and bust cycles and life and your energy is multifaceted. You're going to have great days. You're going to have low days. It's just kind of like with nature, how nature just has her own flow of chaos and then just ease hard routine doesn't typically work very well with someone who has 15 defined. You have it defined and that could be a possibility where there was this struggle with feeling bad about not sticking to the habits or putting that pressure on yourself because you are designed to be more in flow with rhythms, moving in and out of them and finding compassion for yourself for being someone who is in and out of flow as well. Whereas on the opposite side, gate five is actually the gate of patterns. And people who have gate five defined, they actually flourish and do better with routine. And so this is where you really make yourself feel better and just in better flow with life when you have some sort of structure to your days. We're humans. We have to make room for things to just not go the way we want to because we do not have full control over life. But I think when we start to recognize these things, like with the gate 15 for you, Carrie, it just was like, oh man, that's why it never really felt right for me or why I struggled so much for it because I'm supposed to go more with the flow and I don't have either one defined. However, I know for me, I need some structure, but I need flexibility with that structure. That's why I love having one of those menus for myself when it comes to the rituals that I want to create in my life. That's so fascinating and so validating to hear that about what you said about my own definition and gate 15, because I think 
personality, ego structure wise, I'm a very rigid, structured person. But now these last few years that I've allowed myself to try to live a little more with these seasonal flows, whether it's within the yearly seasons and sort of following more what nature does and slowing down in those colder months and those types of things, or whether it's in my own monthly cycle as a woman, it has felt so right for me. Like it just clicks for me to live in this way. And it's not something that I put a ton of thought in. It just one day I was like, I just think I want to try living more cyclically. It's experimenting with it. I don't know. I'm one that really loves to use the term experimentation or curiosity because so many of us can get stuck in the whole like, what if it doesn't work? What if I fail? There's no such thing as failure. There's only lessons. So for me, one of the helpful things was, okay, I'm going to experiment with this because I'm a one three for my profile. Ones, they do not like the unknown and they will research the crap out of things. You're a one as well, Carrie. Having some sort of consistency and knowingness is really important, but we have to be able to be okay with experimenting or just being curious. And that's the three in me where if I'm fearful of failure, which I have been in the past and still have that come up, then that's going to really cause a lot of paralysis. But if we can say like habit tracking, all right, I'm going to experiment with not doing this and just see how it feels for me. You know what's best for you when it comes to all of the different habits and rituals that we see out there in social media and hear people talk about. That's great. That's their thing. But you're only going to know what works for you when you experiment with it. And you just get curious with trying the things that light you up, that bring you excitement. And that's how I've gone about it as well. And I love that is something that you've done as well in your life with the habit tracking, especially. It's really interesting thinking about your Enneagram type, which is type nine, and how type nines can experience this idea of paralysis or procrastination because of just that motivation or the momentum to get things started. So for type nines, it can be so incredibly helpful to just have a little baby step rather than the big idea of an hour long workout. Like telling a type nine, hey, you did a great job if you just get your workout clothes on. And if you still don't feel like working out, change, take them off. You don't need to do it. But if you put your workout clothes on, you achieved something for the day. Oh man, that hits home big time versus if I only think about like, oh my God, I got to get to the gym. There's so many steps Mm -hmm. in between where it's just like, uh, that takes too much time. I can't, but like, and I've done this in the past where it's like, all right, I'm just going to put my workout clothes on and see how I feel. And then it usually turns into me going and doing the thing. Which is classic type Um, nine because like creating that momentum, Mm -hmm. there's a saying in the Enneagram world that a type nine in motion stays in motion because it's like once nines get going, they have the energy and the follow through, but it's just getting the momentum started is the hardest part. Yeah. And for me, it's been like, overwhelm because I just see so much in my mind and see all of the steps in my mind. And so that's really fascinating. I love learning about that. The whole point of us talking about this is really just the idea of getting to know yourself, getting to know your Mm -hmm. energy, getting to know what little backups or rituals could really serve you throughout the day and bring your day into a greater sense of balance. 
it can be something that is one minute in length, a one minute time where you can shut your eyes and take some deep breaths can do wonders for bringing balance into our day. So just starting to experiment and getting to know yourself with what are those things, those little rituals that can really bring you a sense of calmness and peace and serenity and happiness to your day. It can make a huge difference for all of us when we start recognizing these in ourselves. Yeah. And just going into any of this with compassion, I think is a big one too. If it's a new ritual that you're wanting to create or one that you're tweaking a little bit, besides those baby steps, like you were saying, Carrie, what is that one little thing? Also just reminding yourself that you are here going with the flow as nature does, like we were talking about. That's really what life is all about, just kind of moving with it and finding that compassion for yourself to experiment, to get curious, and to always remember that there are no mistakes. There are just lessons in life. Thank you for listening to this episode. Your support is so appreciated. If you'd like to have a question answered about your human design or Enneagram type in a future episode, you can submit it through the link in the show notes. We'd love to hear from you.